several episodes, we talked a lot about the great resignation. What we haven't talked about much on the career couch with Dr. Carol and friends are the number of those people who left jobs to fulfill their entrepreneurial spirit. I hear people talk about it a lot. I'm often asked about it as one who left the corporate world and started her own business 12 years ago. I hear words like brave and courageous and scary whenever people ask me about taking the leap. And yes, the leap was, notice the past tense, all of that. But it is, notice the present tense, also fulfilling, rewarding, offering a sense of creativity and autonomy, all of the things that were at my core in gnawing at me in 2010 when I started my company, Experience Leadership, which is a business management consulting company. Fast forward to today. Numbers released by the U.S. Census Bureau found that a whopping 5.4 million new business applications were filed in 2021, surpassing the record set in 2020 of 4.4 million. I know there are some listening today still thinking about taking the leap. After all, who hasn't had a dream of turning that great idea into a business at one point or another? And for that reason, I am without any guests today talking about starting your small business before leaving your job. Starting your successful business requires planning, hard work, a strong financial foundation, a good business head, completion of some legal activities, and let's not forget commitment. You don't have to be an expert in each of the areas, although being a warrior in tenacity and commitment is a major plus, in my opinion. But if you don't have some degree of knowledge and know-how in these other areas, it is best to hire someone who does. Let me just say right out the gate, Yes, there is the risk of failure. Statistically speaking, according to failure, about 90% of startups fail and 10% fail within the first year across all industries. There, I said it. But that is no reason to not try because there is also the strong potential of success, especially if you go into the process with proper planning. Over the years, I have known many people who got fed up at work one day, came home and quit their job with the intent of just jumping out there. That is definitely not the way to do it. I've also heard people say, well, I'm not making a lot of money on my job, so I'm going to quit and do my own thing. Well, let me say this to you listeners. I don't always remember what I ate for dinner last night, but I do remember a small business owner teaching a start your own business course in the 90s. To this day, I only remember one thing that man said in that session. And he said, if you think not making a lot of money working for somebody else is bad, try owning your own company and not making any money. That kind of stuck with me. 
I cannot stress the necessity of a plan. Having a plan doesn't mean that everything will be perfect because realistically, it won't be perfect all the time. What it means is that you have a better chance of being successful and have a better chance of controlling the path your business takes. And even with the best plan, sometimes, especially if you have a family or limited financial resources, a spouse with failing health, children headed to college or whatever, sometimes your jump out there timing may be off. Your timing may not be the best timing to start a business. Knowing when to jump is just as important as the jump itself. Personally, I started laying the groundwork to exit corporate America years before I actually did it full time. I started small and quietly while I still had my traditional day job, taking one client at a time. Yes, there was some fear there, but I was passionate and it was more about timing and ensuring I was first properly trained. I went back to school to get academically trained in the areas where I wanted to consult and offer my expertise. I also wanted more capital to ensure my finances could absorb the leap. When I talked to people who had taken the path I was about to take, I would secretly add up in my head the years it had taken them to be a success. In many cases, I realized it had taken around 10 years from their inception to their company being incredibly successful. At the time, I thought 10 years, oh my goodness, that's eternity. But I came to realize 10 years is 10 years, whether I'm working on a plan or not. So I thought I might as well work on it. In the end, it didn't take 10 years, but that's my path. That path is going to be different from one person to the next. You may already be in great expertise and financial capital shape and can plan and leap in one year or six months. But let's start at the beginning with what I'll call the planning. Ask yourself, why do you want to start a business? Are you just trying to escape your horrible boss? Or have you recognized a real business need where you can offer solutions to a potential client's problem? After all, if there's no demand, if you are offering a service no one is interested in, you are not going to make money. And if you don't make money or enough money, well, you know how this sentence ends. Make sure you are also passionate about your idea and strongly believe in it. If you don't have passion and don't believe it, trust me, it's a hard sell to anyone else. Do you have drive, determination, patience, a positive attitude, and a willingness to accept failures as part of the learning process? These are all important questions. But assuming you have answered yes to these questions, let's continue. Let's jump in. Pricing is critical. So this is going to require research on the industry and your customers. Who are they? 
Where are they? What do they want? What are their behaviors and what are the economic trends? Knowing this information mitigates your risk right out the gate and supports you in getting a good grasp on your opportunities and limitations. To get a good sense of your market, the Small Business Association also recommends researching market size. For example, how many people would be interested in your offering? Also, market saturation. How many similar options are already available to consumers? There's a lot of information and numerous books and resources out there that can assist you with this. You may also consider doing some experiential hands-on work. I have seen potential and existing business owners do surveys and questionnaires via LinkedIn and other social media platforms just to get a sense of the industry and specific consumers. Just like you want to know your customers, you also want to know a lot about your competition. This competitive analysis also requires a great deal of research. There may be several established businesses targeting the same customers as you. So you'll need to have a strong understanding of what your differentiator is. Why would these customers leave these brands to come to your business? You should know the answer to this question definitely before you quit your day job. Know where your competitors are strong and where they are weak. Now that you have this information, you can begin a business plan and incorporating the data into your plan. I strongly encourage a business plan. This is your roadmap to your success and helps you to see clearly. Not having a business plan to me is like driving a car at night with muddy windows. You really cannot see the road and you risk crashing. There are so many places to support you with this. I think if I recall, I started out taking a few free courses at a community college to learn how to create my plan and get realistic feedback. I also contacted friends who were in corporate jobs as accountants, and I enlisted their support for free help on the numbers. And of course, most states offer free resources that can help you. Even if you must pay for the resources, the fee is usually nominal for business plan support. A visit to your local chamber of commerce can often lead to some quick, free information about potential clients, industries, incomes, and so on. Lastly, there's always the Internet. Regardless of how you write it or who helps you, you want to include some very basic information such as financial projections, marketing, organizational management, and so on. As you can see, there is quite a bit of work to be done prior to launching a business. If you already have a job that you're thinking about quitting, this research can be done quietly and discreetly in the evenings, over the weekends, during a vacation or day off without your current employer ever knowing any of your plans. It also gives you the opportunity to keep a paycheck coming in while you are doing the research. If you quit your job abruptly, this research still needs to be done, and then it's done without the employer paycheck. 
What I am saying here is that if you quit without a plan, financially, you are likely to start out in the hole. Use whatever downtime you have while working your corporate job to calculate startup costs, do a break-even analysis, and estimate profits. For those of you who are thinking, I don't know that I want to do this on my vacation or day off or on the weekends, I say this to you. You then do not want to start a business, dear listener. Unlike working for someone else where you have specific time off or vacation days, when you own your own small business, there really are no vacations, sick or weekend days, especially until you are an established business. The three most common reasons people don't follow through on starting their own business is a lack of confidence in themselves, a perceived lack of necessary resources, and most of all, a lack of motivation, according to Ryan Robinson of how to start a business while working full time. The process requires committed time if you are truly serious about it. My experience is that you are always in the position of one of the following finishing jobs, starting new jobs, seeking new jobs, or all three at the same time. You will need motivation to keep your work pipeline active because the thing no one tells you or that people often overlook, especially in consultancy, is that unlike with your employer, the checks do not arrive on the 15th and the 30th of every month. I'm just keeping it real here. You may have to wait 30 plus days before the client mails your check for the services you completed last month. Or, as I have had to do many times from some very reputable organizations whose names you would probably know, call the client and ask for earned money that is seriously past due. And yes, I have heard on many occasions, oh, the check is in the mail when it really wasn't. Can you go 30 or 60 days or longer without income? Consider that. I am often asked many questions about leaving the corporate world and starting out on my own. Since 2010, there are some questions that I get asked repeatedly. One is, what do I think small businesses cannot do without in this planning stage? And I would say a business plan. But as you move towards launching the business, however, I would add that in my experience, it's also important to have a social media footprint as well. Even if the site is very basic, the Internet is the first place people seek to understand your business and determine your credibility before they engage you. It is so much easier today than it was years ago to get a website up and running. I highly encourage this. If you can't afford it, pay someone to do it professionally unless you have that skill. If not, expect to pay a minimum of around $2,000 for a solid basic site. As you launch, Make sure to adhere to any local and federal regulatory requirements for your business. Check to see if the name you selected for your company is available. If you use the name of an already established business, you could run into some legal trouble down the road, which will not be pretty. 
but also check for any required state or federal licenses, registrations, or needed documentation. If you are crossing state lines, guess what? They want their taxes too. So you may have to complete documentation or other paperwork to go into another state and do business. And trust me, they will find you when the tax time comes around. And speaking of taxes, consider the right business structure that fits your day-to-day business needs. Is your business a sole proprietorship, partnership, limited liability corporation, also known as an LLC, a corporation, nonprofit, etc.? Your business structure affects how much you pay in taxes, your ability to raise money, the paperwork you need to file, and your personal liability. I won't go into all the details of each of these and other structures because the details are endless, but a good attorney can assist you. Like I've said before, this is the kind of work which can be done before quitting your day job. I'm a strong proponent of getting a federal employer identification number, also known as an EIN, for sole proprietorships. The reason being is that if you decide to apply for any type of local, state, or federal government contract, or even contracts with organizations that provide services to federal or state government, they will want your identification. You will be constantly uploading your social security number into databases if you do not have an EIN. When you open your business banking accounts, same thing. It's either your social security number or your EIN number. And this day and age of fraud and security breaches, my position is to keep your social security number close to the vest and give them a federal identification number. The last thing I will say about the launch of a business is to get business insurance. New business owners forget this piece. There are all types of insurance depending upon the business you are in and the structure of your business. Consider general liability, product liability, professional liability, which is important for protection against financial loss as a result of malpractice, errors, and negligence. But also know that there are policies that are designed specifically for small businesses. I mentioned earlier that I get asked numerous questions about this LEAP process. Another question often asked is, in what areas have I seen people make their biggest mistake? I don't have a set answer for that because as a business owner, you're going to make mistakes. It's just simply part of the process. If I had to say something, I would go back to not planning properly or having a business plan. Despite the startup failure rate, learning from your mistakes in business and the mistakes of others is the key to startup success and survival. As I think about this, I cannot help but think about my own rookie mistakes. The mistake that I made once, okay, two times, that I will not make again is partnering with another business management consulting company without researching the person and their company thoroughly. The first time was with a well-known Atlanta company 
that contacted me early in my business consulting years to subcontract with them on some government work. I was thrilled, quite frankly, to be asked since they were well established and my share of the contract would be very lucrative. Long story short, this company came to the government meeting late, ill-prepared, and midway through the sloppy presentation, they turned to me to cover material they had created the night before and I had never seen. Fortunately, I knew my stuff and I was able to blow it out of the water. I was shocked, though, at their unprofessionalism and how they handled the meeting. Naturally, we didn't get the business. I was angry at myself for hitching my good name to their wagon. It worked out fine, though, because two weeks later, the head of the government meeting reached out to me. They were impressed with me and wanted to offer business to me only. No, it wasn't the business I went in there for, but it was good business for an up and coming company. And I was relieved that my brand had not been damaged by the Atlanta company. As if I hadn't learned enough from that mistake, three years later, I found myself sitting at a table next to another woman at an information session for a human resources services bid. We struck up a good conversation. When the session was over, I decided not to bid on the work because I felt the leaders of the session weren't clear on their needs and I didn't want to waste my time. As an aside to this story, I've learned that no business is better than bad business. But anyway, back to the story at hand. Before I left, I exchanged numbers with the woman whose conversation I had thoroughly enjoyed. A few days later, she contacted me and asked if I would like to partner with her and another person to pursue the HR contract. I debated it, but agreed, thinking between the three of us, we'd be some type of dynamo that killed it. She and her business were well known in the community. And in my small business youth, I interpreted that exposure as reputable. Well, the experience was terrible. I should have run when she wanted me to sign her agreement, but she was lukewarm on signing mine or creating language that mutually protected us both. She operated her business unprofessionally and unethically. She was disorganized. On the outside, everything looked great, but day by day and piece by piece, it became apparent her business was in shambles. I was so perplexed. I finally did some research on her only to find out she was no longer licensed to do business in the state. The state had shut her business down not once, but twice. She ended up owing me thousands of dollars because the contract payout only went to one account and hers was the designated account since she pulled the trio together. I had to hound her for my share of the money over a period of several months. I never got all of the money that was due to me. I ended up writing some of it off. Short of her LinkedIn posts that pop up unprovoked, I haven't seen her since. While painful and frustrating at the time, from both of those experiences, I learned quite a bit. First, I learned that a popular business doesn't mean a successful or professional one. 
I quickly realized that just because a business is out there banging a lot of pens doesn't mean the company is well run, efficient, financially stable, quality, or dare I say, operating legitimately. Secondly, on the rare occasions when I do partner with another company for business, I learn to research people in their business. Now, I only partner with people and businesses I truly know and whose work I value. Like co-workers in corporate America, people approach how they work, how they manage their business and brand, and what they value differently. Currently, I am partnering with a small business for large work with one particular client. I have known the business owner since 2002. Our values and style of work are similar. We work well together when we partner up. But rest assured, all partnerships now come with some research and well-drafted, mutually satisfying contracts as they should. But I had to learn that, albeit the hard way. Whether you have previously started a business or just starting out, you are going to make mistakes. That's just the way it is. Hopefully the mistakes are not costly. The bottom line here is this. With some planning and upfront work while you are on your current job, you can make a lot of headway. Unless you're working on a high growth startup and can secure investor funding or you're able to self-fund, you're realistically going to need some form of sustainable income before your new business is able to be that sole source of sustenance for you. So keep a paycheck coming in while you are pulling it all together and getting the foundation laid if you can. Is this taxing? Of course it is, but you can do it. I have the utmost confidence in you. Listeners, Thank you for taking the time to tune into this week's episode. I hope I've encouraged you to think about your business idea in a different and more successful way. You can find resources for your effort via the Small Business Association, local community colleges, libraries, and local and federal government offices. I also can be reached at Carol, C-A-R-O-L-E, at experienceleadership.com. And that's X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E, leadership.com. Or you can simply visit my website at experienceleadership.com. I'm Dr. Carol Isom Barnes, and here's to wishing you the greatest of success with your new small business. Mm-hmm.